Everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Bloomberg Intelligence Tech Disruptors podcast. My name is Anurag Ghana, and I'm a technology analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence, Bloomberg's in-house research arm. We're delighted to have the CEO and co-founder of Fivetran, George Fraser, as our guest today. Uh, looking forward to George chatting with George about the exciting space of data management, pipes, databases, everything around it. So, George, let's start with your background a little bit and the story behind you founding uh, Fivetran. Very nice to be with you. So my background, well, actually, I have kind of an unusual background for the CEO of a software company. Before Fivetran, I was a scientist working at a biotech company. And then before that, I was doing my PhD in neuroscience, which was a really interesting chapter of my life and one that I look back on fondly, although it has little to do with what, with what I do today and with what Fivetran does. And so the, and the story of the founding of Fivetran, 10 years ago, myself and my co-founder, Taylor Brown, started the company. We were in an incubator called Y Combinator. Uh, right when we started, which was really critical to getting us on the right track, getting the sense of urgency and learning what the search for product market fit is really like. And I don't think the company would be here today without them. Uh, it took us a couple of years to find product market fit. There were several iterations in the early years of Fivetran. So at one time, the concept was to build a super powered spreadsheet. At one time, it was a BI tool. But through all those iterations, a part of the picture was always the idea of connecting to data in the background. If you're building it, if you want to do things with data, you got to go get it and wherever it lives. And that ended up being the product. We found product market fit by stripping out everything except for those data connectors that we had built as part of these other ideas. And that evolved into an amazing business that it continues to grow very quickly, even now that even now that off of a much larger base. So let me go back and I mean, I be frankly, I, a long, long time ago, I looked at some of the data extraction tools going back 2004, five, six time frame from Cognos and some of the older products that essentially took the data out of different databases, and then you could visualize and see it. How is this world different that where you are the key player, one of the key players, I'm assuming it has something to do with cloud, but perhaps you could chart out the ecosystem for us as to what's the right way to think about it. Yeah, so you are correct in that this is not a new space. Data analytics, data warehousing, business intelligence, this has been around for a long time. And the part of it that we do, data integration, I sometimes like to joke that the world is at a data integration problem ever since the second database was turned on <laughs> in the world, we've had a data integration problem. So it's been around for a long time. Fivetrain is a relatively new player in this space, and, and we've grown really quickly. I think maybe faster than people imagined it was possible to grow a company in this space. And um, the I'll speak a moment into, into why that is and why we've been able to uncover such a big opportunity here. But the larger context of this world that we live in, the ecosystem we live in, is if you want to do things with data inside of a business, you basically need three things. You need a presentation layer. Some people need something to look at, right? People don't look at databases. They look at uh, dashboards. They look at spreadsheets. So typically that's going to be some sort of business intelligence tool or data science environment. That's like the consumer of the data, right? You need a data warehouse. So this is where, this is the place, the central location where you're going to, where you're going to centralize all your company's data. It's not a system of record. The data all lives somewhere else, but there's going to be a copy of everything that you keep up to date in the data warehouse. It's like a one-stop shop where you can find data about anything in your company. Data warehousing is kind of interesting. The term data warehouse is sort of uncool. Everyone who makes data warehouses wants to be called something else for some reason. But data warehouses, they're incredibly important. They've been around for decades. They've evolved, that's for sure. They're at the center, right? And then at the bottom of this stack, you need a data integration tool. 
You need something that's going to go and get the data wherever it lives and centralize it all in, in one location. And data integration has historically been kind of the stepchild of this space. So a lot of people know BI tools. A lot of great companies have been founded that sell BI tools. Um, a lot of people know data warehouses. There's some great data warehousing vendors out there. There have been multiple generations of great data warehouse vendors. The data integration layer has always been kind of small, and it's sort of a little bit of a paradox. You can infer the existence of a lot of the data pipelines. There's all these data warehouses out there. Somehow data is getting into them. But what has happened historically is most data pipelines, people have built DIY. There haven't been a lot of great companies built in this space. It's typically something that IT teams and consultants and data engineers, they build internally. And so it's kind of hidden. I like to, I liken it to an iceberg. You know, what you see in the, in the public financials of the companies that work in the data integration space is just the tip of the iceberg. Most of this, even today, is still DIY. And that's what we've been able to uncover at Fivetran. We've been able to convert a lot of those DIY workloads in to run on our managed service. And there's a lot of happy customers out there who are glad that they don't have to build and maintain this stuff anymore. Well, that's a fair point. And again, let me go back to the same, uh, I guess, analogy that let's go back and say 20 years ago, the whole world was an on-premise world. You had a Oracle database or a, or a Microsoft database and something application was built on it and you would extract that information, put it in your accounting system or any other system and try to look at it. Then on the other side of the equation is a public cloud vendor and the likes of, again, Microsoft or Amazon, where they have their own products or data layer. And then somewhere in between are these customers who are using products like Snowflake or any other cloud-based data warehouse where you're just bringing in data from all different layers. In your ideal world, who is your primary customer? Is it the legacy person, the cloud person, the hybrid person, or all of them? You mean in terms of where the customer is on their journey to who's using who's using you most within this ecosystem, and why is that? Why not somebody in the on-premise world or the cloud world, or maybe they are using? Maybe everybody's using it. So when we got our first customers in 2015, and for those first couple of years. Nearly all of our customers were relatively young technology companies in the Bay Area. And the reason for that was just they tended to be they tend to be early adopters of new things. And so these were all companies where the data sources that we were pulling data from were all in the cloud. They were systems like Salesforce. That was our first connector still in a close race for most popular connector to this day. They were often databases, but they were databases that were already running in the cloud. So we were removing the data for these customers from the cloud to the cloud, and we were removing a mixture of applications and databases. As time has gone by, and we've sold to more and more larger, older companies, we have more and more on-prem data sources. So we move a lot of data from on-prem data sources still to typically to the cloud. The cloud data warehouses are just so much better than the on-prem data warehouses ever were. The cloud is ideally suited to implementing analytical databases, which is another term for a data warehouse, because of the elasticity that you can get there. Elasticity is really valuable for data analytics workloads because nobody's loading the dashboards at night. And there's a lot of periodic jobs that do big analyses of lots of data but then when the job is done, there's nothing to do for an hour. And so the elasticity that you can get in the cloud is incredibly valuable for a data warehousing workload, maybe more so than any other IT workload, data warehousing benefits from the cloud. And so for that reason, even when the source is on-premise for us, the target is usually 
in the cloud. The place that the data is being centralized is always in the cloud. A fair point. And excuse me if I'm still trying to understand the ecosystem, but the way I've also heard is, again, I'm listening to a lot of these companies selling their common data platforms, whether that's SAP or whether recently Salesforce launched Genie. And the value proposition is, okay, why don't you load all the data from disparate sources around the, you know, around your company, whether it's on-premise or cloud, into this common data platform. And then from that, you extract the data and do all the analytics uh, you want to do. So how are you different than that common data platform or are you part of that uh, common data platform also? So we're part of it. I mean, we're the ones feeding the data in, in, in every customer. Every customer of Fivetran has to also be the customer of some data platform where the data is being centralized. And that might be Snowflake, it might be BigQuery, it might be Redshift, it might be a Postgres database running in AWS, it might be Databricks, it might be a data lake. There's a lot of different options for what is that data platform where you're going to, where you're going to centralize all of your company's data, but you, there has to be one. And Fivetran does not provide that. We partner with the data platforms who for us are the targets that we're moving data to. Fair point. Now, again, that sounds silly, but why don't those products have their own pipes? I mean, it just sounds like a very easy thing to, to have, I guess. Yeah. It's always been kind of an underestimated engineering challenge. Building good pipes is very difficult. And what in particular is difficult about it is correctness and dealing with all of the incidental complexity, all the little things that can go wrong. We have to do a lot of work to understand the quirks of all the different data sources and build connectors to each data source. And it's a huge amount of work, but the good news is that it scales with the, with the number of sources, not with the number of customers. And so the bigger we get, there's a kind of economy of scale of all this work that we do to build and maintain high quality connectors to every single data source. It's interesting, you work for Bloomberg. There's actually a very strong analogy to the Bloomberg terminal. I have never been a subscriber to the Bloomberg service, but I know people who are. And I've heard from them over the years that the reason, one of the reasons why Bloomberg is able to command a premium price in the market or financial data is because of the consistency and quality of the data in the Bloomberg terminal. And there's a huge amount of work that has to go on behind the scene to maintain data feeds to all of these arcane and obscure data sources for all sorts of commodity and bond and whatever markets all over the world. It's very similar at Fivetran. The data sources, they're not spot prices of pickled pig's feet in South Korea or whatever. They're data sources like, like Salesforce, like SAP, like Workday, they all have different APIs. They all have different rules. They all have uh, weird features that only some customers use that cause strange quirks in the way the data comes out of those systems. And we're behind the scenes doing all these, doing all this work to make sure that what you see come out on the other end is a consistent, correct, normalized copy of the data that's in all of these systems that, that you use. The difference, of course, in our case is that we're moving your own data. It's not like public market yeah. data, like the Bloomberg terminal. So, so perhaps teach us a little bit about the use cases. Some of your early customers, how they started with you, what is it that they were doing and how are those use cases different across different verticals? Any and all examples are, would be welcome. Sure. So the first thing to know is that because the place that we're sending the data 
uh, is a database management system. You really can do anything with it. There are no fundamental limitations on what is what our customers can do with Fivetran data. And they do all kinds of things with the data that we deliver. I mean, we have customers who run payroll off of the data that we deliver. However, by far, the most common use case is reporting. People building dashboards, describing what is taking place inside their business. This use case is sometimes described, especially by people who have been in the industry for a long time as decision support, which is not a very sexy sounding term, but it's a very accurate term. You build these data analyses that tell you in a coarse-grained and fine-grained way exactly what is happening inside your business today, last month, over the last year. How are we performing against targets? And that data, maybe that's not the most innovative new thing to do with data, but it is very valuable. And Every business, once they reach a, a certain scale, needs to do that. So reporting is the most common use case, but it's not the only one. People do data science workloads with us where they do prediction. They do operational workloads, like I said, we, where they do things like run payroll. We have customers who do marketing workloads like lead scoring. We have customers who do logistics tasks, with it, like keeping track of where are all my trucks in the real world and which trucks are most likely to cause a delay in my supply chain next week because of where they are right now. And someone will look at that and take action. They'll call that truck driver and be say, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> you need to get moving or you're going to screw everything. So it, the biggest single category is reporting, but as possible because the destinations, they're databases and you can do whatever you want with data once it's in a database. So do you have a primary or a few competitors that, you know, uh, compete head to head? Or is it still some of the legacy players that we can think of? Primary competitor really day-to-day -day is DIY. It's pipelines that somebody at the company wrote. Maybe they wrote some Python code and they switched to Fivetran because they're sick of maintaining it. There are other, there have been, there are many other companies that do this work. The most well-known company that does data integration would be uh, Informatica. Other ones include SnapLogic, MuleSoft. There's a bunch. The interesting thing about those players is they're really very different than Fivetran and how they conceive this problem. The traditional ETL tools is another name for this space. The way they work is they're really toolkits. They're toolkits that the customer uses to, to build a connector. And if the data on the other end of that connector is wrong, it's the customer's fault. It's their, it's up to them to go and change the rules of how they extract the data from their Oracle database or whatever it might be to fix that problem. What Fivetran did that was really different that has allowed us to convert a lot of these previously DIY workloads is we took responsibility for correctness. We said, we are going to take away a lot of the configurability. You can't tell us the details of how you want us to go and get the, just like you can't tell your Bloomberg terminal, hey, the way I want you to get this data, I want you to connect to this server in this other country and read the data feed in this. And like, no, that's all behind the scenes. That's not up to you. So we took something away. We said, you're not going to have so much of a control over exactly what Fivetran does. But the flip side is we're actually going to promise you the data will be right on the other end. And if it doesn't match the bug and we will go fix it. And the great virtuous cycle that happens when you do this over time is you get more and more customers is eventually the bugs have nowhere to hide. If you, when you're using a Fivetran connector, you are one of hundreds who are using it. And so it is much, much less likely that there is some quirk, some corner case that has been missed that is resulting in incorrect data. And that's just completely different. When you build a data pipeline for yourself, whether you write a bunch of code or whether you use one of these traditional ETL tools, which is basically a toolkit for you 
you're the one specifying how the connector works. And if it doesn't work, that's on you. Oh, so I'm assuming the connector that you build can be used by multiple people for the same, you know, kind of a problem. That's exactly right. And that's the key. The connectors, we just build uh -huh. one connector to each data source and we build it in a way that it will work for anyone. And that is harder. It's much harder to build a NetSuite connector that will work for every NetSuite than it is to build a NetSuite connector that just works for your particular NetSuite. When it's just for yourself, there's all kinds of shortcuts you can take. You can say, well, I don't use this feature of NetSuite, so I don't need to worry about that and so on. And this is true of every data source. I like to say it's 10 times harder for us to build a connector than that will work for anyone than for someone to build a connector that will work for just one person. But once we have more than 10 customers, there's some economic value of doing that. No, that actually, in, but theoretically, that makes a lot of sense to me. I'm just surprised why people build it the other way. But let's talk a little bit about Salesforce, because I know you mentioned that's an area where you first started extracting data. Now, a few years ago, they bought MuleSoft with, I think, the exact same idea where they can connect sales cloud and the service cloud and the commerce cloud. What's your take as to why should a customer choose you? Somebody who's selling their entire suite, they're probably buying multiple products to, from Salesforce to begin with. Well, I should point out MuleSoft is broader than what we do. A lot of what people do with MuleSoft is not just data centralization, but sort of point to point uh, integration where you're saying, oh, when somebody does this in Zendesk, go do something in Salesforce and vice versa. So there's like a there's another category there that I think is m most of what people do with MuleSoft that Fivetran doesn't even play in at all. So we're mostly non-overlapping in terms of that particular example of what we do. Now, in terms of there are a lot of there are a lot of data platforms that offer some sort of data connectivity as part of their offering. And so the question is, why would someone choose Fivetran rather than choose the built-in thing? It is very hard to do what we do well. Companies that do it as sort of a additional feature in the feature matrix, generally those connectors are are pretty thin and they don't tackle a lot of the problems that are so difficult that Fivetran really derives its quality advantage from. To the point that a lot of those companies selling integrated data connectors as part of their offering behind the scenes use Fivetran to move their own data, sometimes from the same source. I can't tell you who they are, but there's a lot of them because building good connectors that scale to large data volumes and that can handle change. So as the configuration of the uh, source system changes, they can keep up with that is actually extremely difficult to do well. And that's the, that's the reason for five trans existence in many ways. No, it does. Again, I think conceptually it makes a lot more sense. And perhaps I'll meet, now we talked about Salesforce a little bit. Let's uh, dive into Snowflake because I think over the last few years, they have done phenomenally well in a, again, in a database market, which is, which is, I would say, flooded with some of the giants like Oracle and Amazon and Microsoft. I mean, perhaps tell us how you work closely with them and why is that that the cloud data warehousing has suddenly become, I guess, the in thing or the hot thing? Yeah, Snowflake has certainly been a phenomenon. Uh, Snowflake has been an incredibly important partner for Fivetran. Going back many, I remember the first target that Fivetran supported for our very first customer was Redshift. And Redshift was out of the gate a little bit sooner than Snowflake. And it was really big at that time. It was the hot data warehouse in 2015. But Snowflake was coming up. And uh, I remember I met the 
one of the Snowflake founders at AWS reInvent that year. And I was wearing a t-shirt that said, ask me about integrations for Redshift. The nature of marketing is you want to be shameless. So we had these t-shirts that we had made to make sure that no one was confused about what we did. So I joke, jokingly covered up my t-shirt when I went and talked to him because I'd heard about Snowflake and I had heard good things about uh, their technology. And, and I still remember I was impressed more than anything else by how uh, straightforward he was in talking about the limitations of what they do. Snowflake is really great, but it is a piece of technology and like all technology, it makes trade-offs. And I so appreciate it as another technologist that he was not just telling me that it could do anything and everything. It was like, here's how it works. This is what it can do. And uh, we started partnering with them that year and they pretty soon became our most important partner and the most common data warehouse we were sending data to. And so we really came in parallel with Snowflake, always a couple years behind them um, in terms of our growth trajectory. And they became almost like our big brother as a company. I mean, they there were a lot of there are a lot of things at Fivetran that are based on how they worked at Snowflake and in sales and in marketing and in all kinds of places. There was a lot of there was a lot of examples where we would call one of our friends at Snowflake and be, hey, can you explain to us how to do this? <laughs> Uh, we've reached that stage you were in a couple of years ago. Can you help us out and help help teach us how, you know, information security 101, for example. So uh, they've been a tremendous partner from a sales perspective, but also just from a company building perspective over many years. And actually, Bob Muglia, the former CEO, CEO of Snowflake, is now on Fivetran's board. I mean, he's been a great board member over the last couple of years. You know, one of the comments you made in the early on is that the people in Silicon Valley are usually the first adopters of any new technology. When you look at your ecosystem, I'm assuming you work with all of these databases and technologies. Are you pivoted towards one or the other just by the nature of what your clients are using? Or is it pretty broad based? For us, the destination, as I said earlier, it's really always a cloud uh, data platform of some kind because that's the way the world is going. The uh, It has to be some sort of relational database. And I still qualify things like Databricks as a form of relational database, although Ali, the CEO will argue with me. You can have him on next and he'll tell you about how I'm wrong about that. But from my perspective, there's tables, there's joins, it has the key characteristics you need. So there are some limitations there in terms of what targets we can support. But those limitations describe the systems that everyone is moving towards these days. So from a company building perspective, I don't think that's particularly limiting. So another thing that talks about, again, databases are the hearts and lugs of any application and are Critically, I mean, dollar-wise, a very big ecosystem that's out there. So if I'm a company that was in existence, let's say, 25, 30 years ago, I probably built an application on an Oracle database at one point. And sooner or later, I get the option that I need to upgrade to the next database. So for that matter, now, when you look at the times of economic stress or duress, you are waiting to upgrade the, that, that database or you just sometimes prolong it. Does your product help in any way for customers to get optimized information without worrying about upgrades? I mean, I'm trying to say, does it elongate the, the upgrade cycle for some of the incumbents? Does our product elongate the upgrade cycle? For, for, for us, for the regular databases, for not, I mean, not, I mean, I'm just trying to say if you can get more functionality out of what an old application can do, oh, I then see. I don't have to worry about spend money upgrading my older stuff. Yeah. Well, as you hinted at, there's really two kinds of databases in the world. There's operational databases and there's analytical databases. Sometimes you use the same technology for both, but they have different roles. One is primarily for just reading data and reporting. And it's really important that it have all the data. That's your analytical database. And the other is your operational database that your application is actually running against that's sitting there 
adding and removing data one row at a time, all the time, thousands of transactions per second. That operational database is very hard to change. I mean, one of the things we see is that most companies have the same operational database that they had when they were founded. Um, yeah. it, it, is, it, is, it is extremely difficult to change. Analytical databases are easier to change. Just the, their role in, inside the company, it's more feasible to change out your analytical database. So I think one of the things we see is that Fivetran speeds up the adoption of new analytical databases. Because Fivetran, by virtue of what I talked about earlier, we hide all the complexity of data pipelines from our customers. Well, one of the side effects of that is it's just very fast to set up. There's almost nothing to set up. Yeah. You connect the source, you connect the destination. That's pretty much it. The data appears and it keeps itself up to date. And so that means that you can stand up a real data warehouse in a couple of days and you can do your first report the day after you set it, which is kind of weird in our space. That is not traditionally how it works. Usually these implementations are measured in years. And so we're speeding up, I think, the adoption of analytical databases. It does also make it easier to change. If you're an existing Fivetrain user, uh, again, because it's so automated, you can set up a new system, point Fivetrain at the new system. The exact same data and the exact same schema will appear. A lot of your queries will just work in the new system. So that I think helps as well in terms of giving customers more flexibility on the analytical database side. But to directly address the crux of your question, does this extend the lifespan of the operational database? I think the lifespan of operational databases is infinity. Like people basically never change them. And so they will find a way to keep it going almost no matter what. Uh, no, it, yeah. No, no. Fair point. I meant upgrading them because every few cycles, every few years, they are forced to upgrade that particular one. Because I'm just trying to say when you're kind of short on money, you said, you know what, I'm getting the maximum use out of it because of people like you. Why do I need to, why do I need to spend that much money? But I get what you're exactly saying. I, you do see some people who are currently using the same technology for both their operational and their analytical database. They're using the same vendor to support both whether that's Oracle or DB2 or SQL Server, yeah. you do see a lot of companies swapping out the analytical side saying, okay, we're going to keep using that technology for our operational database because that's where it really excels. But there is a newer, better and cheaper uh, analytical database. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to adopt that. And then Fivetran will often come in because, because they need, they, now they need a pipe that can connect these two systems. They had a pipe, but it's like the one that came with that. Because when the two are the same technology, that does make it easier to move the data. And so they're like, okay, we have to, now we have to figure out how to get the data from SQL Server to BigQuery. And so Fivetrain is going to help us with that. Yeah. I mean, go back to that same discussion you were having, we were having just a minute ago. So those applications that were built many years ago on a, in an older database, this cannot change. But something's got to happen to that application down the road. Now, that could be five years, that could be 10 years. And in my personal view, you got to write a, a brand new application in a cloud native. And again, I'm going to give you an example. Goldman, I think, wrote Marcus completely brand new using us. And that credit card platform is a pretty impressive platform. Now, they didn't take an old platform and re-engineering, retool it. They just wrote something brand new. Now, I have no way of knowing when those older applications will be rewritten, but they will be rewritten someday. If that happens... Is there a place for you at that time in that ecosystem also? We're not a migration tool. We do occasionally get used for migrations, but it's pretty rare. We do see a lot of migrations because we're kind of there in the engine room. And so they they call us and they're like, okay, we're migrating this application from, uh, often these migrations are from really old systems from like mainframes and stuff like that. 
to SQL Server or Postgres or something. And so we do observe those happening and we'll sort of participate in the sense that we're replicating the old system. And as part of the migration, they connect BioChain to the new system. We replicate both for a while and then the old system shuts down. But we're usually more like participants in the migration process rather than enablers of the migration per se. And a lot of these migrations, like the system that's going out is really old. (laughs) They're like systems that have been deprecated for 10 and 20 years like databases i had not to make the same point again but they have a long long life span. oh i know yeah, i sit. completely agree with you all right let's talk a little bit about the acquisition that you did the hvr acquisition and what was the background of why you did it and it seems like your core product was doing pretty all right without them fivetran as an independent company before the acquisition or before tran as we sometimes call it in these discussions was doing great but we knew that we were not as good at these um, core enterprise database management systems like Oracle, like SQL Server, like DB2, like HANA. It was a weakness for us. And HVR was the best in the world at those workloads, at the biggest, baddest enterprise databases. And it's an interesting company. It, It was around since the late 90s. So they've been doing this for a long, long time and really had the collection of the best talent, not only in building the software, but in having the conversations you need to have, people don't just walk in and plug you in to their Oracle Exadata system that they've had in their data center for the last 25 years. Like you're going to talk about it before you do it. And you're going to talk about a lot of details. And so it was this collection of technology and people that were just in the best in the world at this scenario. And it was obvious to everyone, the benefits of bringing these two companies together where Fivetran really excelled was in the applications. So all the cloud applications like Salesforce, Workday, NetSuite, things like that. And in the newer generation databases, things like Postgres, MySQL, which the technology is a little different and the way people use them is a little bit different. And uh, and and in the managed service, right? And making it easy, making it zero configuration. So we brought the two companies together. And then over the last year, we've been bringing the two technologies together, which is quite far along at this point. You can go to fivetran.com right now and set up an Oracle database source and you are actually running HVR code behind the scenes. And that's pretty cool. A year is actually a pretty good turnaround time for a project like that. So we're very excited about that. And we're seeing more and more people using it now, which is great. So are there other things you would need to do to for your next leg of growth? Or do you think you have enough products to reach there? And the second part of that question is, would you ever get into the, the analytical database world? Or are you just happy with the... So we're mostly in like a deployment phase right now. The data integration, data replication market is so big. People don't realize because they look at the market cap of Informatica and a couple other companies and... They think they, it's not that it's small or anything I'm <laughs> having to sneeze at, but it does not look nearly as big as something like a snowflake or like an AWS. And what they don't realize is just how much, how many workloads are hiding in DIY inside the IT departments of all of these companies. And there's like this, as I said uh, earlier, you can infer the existence of all these data pipelines by the existence of these data warehouses. Something is feeding these data warehouses. And that's where we've had such great success is in going to customers with a very different proposition saying, we're not going to give you a toolkit. We're going to give you a turnkey uh, data replication solution. The data is going to show up and it's going to keep itself up to date. And you're not going to know nor care how that happened. It, you're just going to be happy that it did happen and you didn't need to worry about it. And people have really responded to that. So I feel now post HVR 
acquisition, we are in the position that we cover the whole gamut. There's many more connectors to build, but we have all the expertise and all the core technology that we need. And it's mostly just marching along on this journey of bringing the good word <laughs> to all these customers who don't yet know that they don't have to build and maintain their own data pipelines anymore. They can have us do that for them. So let's talk a little bit about the sales and marketing aspect of it. Now, do you have a big sales force that's doing this or do you use consulting firms to spread the word? What's, how does one sell this product? Because to be very honest, I've known Informatica for years and yet every time I still am not clear how some of these technologies work. It's a mix. There's a big self-service component. A lot of people just hear about it, show up, sign up and off they go. There is a great, very knowledgeable and helpful sales team at Fivetrain as well uh, who can answer questions, help get the word out. So that's a big part of it. There are also partners. We get a ton of referrals. We get referrals from BI tools. We get referrals from data warehouses. Everybody downstream of us needs our help because none of these tools can do anything without data in them. And so we get a ton of referrals. And then we also work with systems integrators, like you mentioned, consultants. It's been a journey as we've worked more and more with these consultants. So they do tend to be late adopters. They tend to use the things they've used before. We've made a lot of progress and we're getting more and more engagements with the big consulting firms. And from a pricing point of view, do you people pay for the data that's going through the pipe or how does that work? That's right. It's consumption-based pricing based on the amount of data that we move. Which And uh, again, I you know, remember, go, go ahead. I was just going to say the, the benefit of that is that you only pay for what you use. And if you turn something off, you stop paying for it right that moment. Uh, it does mean it's a little less predictable for everyone. But I think overall, what you're seeing in the market is that the benefits of consumption-based pricing outweigh the costs. And that's the way the world is going. And overall, our customers are happy with it because it puts them in control. And are you exposed to one particular geography over the other? And if so, what's your plans to expand internationally? Our biggest geo is North America, but we've had a presence in Europe for a long time. We've had a presence in Asia Pacific for a long time. We, our largest customer is actually in South America. So it's, uh, we're in a bunch of places. No, fair point. Let me just ask one last question before we wrap up. Typically, a customer starts with you. Give us some sense as to how does that relationship start in terms of are they overall big users, small users, and they grow over time. And give us some metrics around it if you can, that if I was to look at the customer journey over a two to three to five year basis, how does that customer grow with you? Yeah. So... In aggregate, if you put everyone together and you just take the average, which of course obscures a lot of different scenarios happening under the hood, but it's a useful lens for, for looking at it. Customers start with a small workload and then they grow and linearly starting in their second month and continuing as far as we can tell forever. We have not yet seen the plateaus. Even the cohorts from 2015 are still growing and the usage grows. And because it's consumption-based pricing, the revenue grows. We do have somewhat logarithmic curve our pricing model. So if your usage goes up 100%, your price goes up about 50%. It depends exactly where you are on it, but the, that does, it does get dampened a little bit. There's like a kind of a built-in discount as your usage rises. Now, underneath that average, there are many different scenarios. One scenario that's very common is someone will start with a very low risk use case that is like a net new use case for their company. Often it's things like ads or even like Google Sheets, a relatively peripheral data source. These are not the core data sources that run the business, but something they've always wanted to have in their data warehouse, but they never got, they never managed to get it done. They'll bring in Fivetran and they'll use it 
for this very like low risk initial starting point. And then as they see it works, as they see the promise of like set it and forget it actually come true, they start to peel off um, more use cases. They start to convert existing use cases when they become painful to maintain and they can grow into huge customers over time. The other scenario, which we do actually see more and more lately, is when we're talking to really large companies, it's actually not uncommon for us to start with the hardest use case, to start with like the core database in the center of the business that is the hardest thing to replicate. And it's more of like a conversation for months or like a year or two before we actually go forward with implementation. So it's a lot more, there's a lot more talking before you start plugging things in, but I think people do this because there is just a lot of pressure to migrate these core workloads as they are moving to like new cloud data platforms. And so sometimes we start with the biggest, baddest, hardest thing. Yeah, that's a fair point. Oh, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, George. And we look forward to having you again next year. Great to be with you. Thank you.